Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montarulo, uh, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's happening? Um, it's the first day of fall, and uh, the temperatures here and everywhere <laughs> have dropped from uh, about 89 degrees down to about 59 degrees. Fall, autumn has smashed into us like a cargo freighter in the Suez Canal. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're done. Summer's done. Summer is over. Summer's yeah. finished. Uh, the full moon came, and then the fucking sun was in Aquarius, and now it's just fall. That's how things work, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'm I'm doing okay. I, I got a, a little bout to the Havana Syndrome at the moment right now so i'm a little congested uh migraine hungover feeling type thing but it's it's definitely the uh the microwave uh ray from the satellite that vladimir putin put up above um in the midwest to um make me late for work at the embassy you know i'm i'm <laughs> i'm uh i'm i'm havana having a <laughs> i can't even fucking say it i'm having a <laughs> You you go to the the fucking segment and I'll try to work on pronouncing this thing. So, right. That's how right, bad well, it I, is. I, I was get gonna, that words out. I know it totally just scrambles your brain. Well, yeah, I was gonna say you know we've we've obviously been dealing with a very serious health crisis in this country for the last you know year and a half at least, and finally Congress decided to do something about it. Uh, Mark Warner tweeted earlier today uh, the Havana Act to help victims of these mysterious attacks just passed the house and is headed to the president's desk right now to be signed to law. The Adam Schiff authored Havana right now. Act right now. <laughs> victims can get help right now. Right, right. You know, no, no health care relief, no fucking extension on the eviction moratorium, no other stim, no second, you know, whatever stimulus checks, no, no anything that would actually help people, but we're, we got to make sure we, we, we provide, financial relief to the victims of hangovers overseas at our fucking embassies I, yeah by yeah, giving well, that. i mean we you know look you know they, is, they are uh havana i they're havana hard time showing up to work at the embassy after all go. those pina coladas 15 times a charm but no we, we got there eventually we, we couldn't uh, even get a bill for relief aid to like the 9-11 first responders Right. John Stewart has to go every fucking year like, and like berate and argue with Mitch McConnell to get but, but fucking... somehow people who like heard a ringing in their ears <laughs> and then it turned out like they already had pre-existing hearing damage like they're they're getting a something from the government apparently yeah right right no it's it's, it's preposterous it's you know again it's just there to do more sable rattle sable fuck See now you got me. You fucking passed it on they to got me. You it's too. contagious. They got, they got, they they're, got they're one above the microwave right now, and they it's <laughs> fucking scrambling everything. Saber rattling was the word I was looking for. Um, but no, I mean that's what it is. It's just more you know red baiting, and you know oh the fucking those fucking evil communists in Havana or in Cuba are microwaving our you know our fucking embassy workers testicles with a microwave or whatever the fuck that they think that they're doing i love, um, I love this this in response to uh mark warner's tweet so fucking um woman named june casa grande of course she's white uh tweets out 
fucking gif of uh, Vladimir Putin and says, who likes high tech spy toys and doesn't want America to have friendships around the world? Let me think. <laughs> like, yeah, if only Russia would just let us be friends with Cuba. Why won't they let we would like to take the sanctions <laughs> off Cuba, but Russia won't let us. Right. We're powerless to stop them from making us go to the U.N. Council and fucking veto anything that's against Israel. Like they just won't. They force our hand every time that we're powerless. It, it, it's just it's just unreal. And this is the kind of shit that useless people like Adam Schiff put their time and energy into because they literally have nothing else. They 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 you know, Adam Schiff is a fucking whore for the defense industry. So his only job is to is to, you know, funnel democratic uh sentiment into this kind of rabid imperial you know, imperialist fucking uh red scare, you know, against any country that that they deem to be uh not any, I, I won't even say a threat because they know none of these countries are actually a threat to the US. They 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 deem them to be easy targets for this sort of posturing you know like that like cuba is an easy target because we know cuba is not going to attack us uh and we know we're not going to actually invade cuba but we're perfectly happy to fund any of these right-wing militant you know shitbag death squads and other you know uh would-be coup uh groups within cuba the capitalist you know little uh pockets that try to overthrow this fucking super strong uh government of the people every so often and you know, we're perfectly happy to fund them because we know it, we never really have to, you know, it, it's like an easy investment. It's an easy gamble. It's like, ah, eh, we lose, you know, it's five bucks. What, what, what is it that, you know, what's it off our back? But if we win, you know, we, we, we hit a fucking parlay and we, we, you know, take, get, get like a $5,000 jackpot. So for us, it's a, it's a win-win to fund those little uh, coup attempts, but I'm sure that's all this is doing is trying to set up sentiment for more uh intervention in cuba because god forbid we actually you know normalize relations and lift the embargo that we've that we've had on them that was obama's thing that was that was the 90s you know we're not not, this isn't this isn't uh right this isn't the same thing this is this is uh right no shit Biden, Biden, ship, Biden no. pretends to be like Obama in every way, except the only only the good things that Obama did. Like he won't fucking re-enter into the Iran nuclear deal. He won't tr- try to renormalize relations with Cuba. Like the only good things that Obama did are like the things that Biden's like, nope, not going to do those, Jack. Got to, you know, just <laughs> ramp up the fucking dronings and deportations and you know, et cetera. But well, we got uh, we got Israel to protect. That's consistent, at least. Right. Um, so yeah. We were going to talk about uh, the squad finally <laughs> deciding it was going to use its power to block some legislation, finally. To their jobs, right. So, yeah, with the um, government stopgap bill that they're trying to, to push through right now, the billion dollar, uh, or actually, I'm sorry, more than that. So like, it's just the government spending bill, the uh, stopgap bill they're trying to push through right now is being... Um, you know, kind of haggled over. And this is, I believe, separate from the uh, infrastructure bill that they're also trying to pass. But um, so this this uh, stopgap bill is a must-pass bill. So they have to pass it. Otherwise, the government goes into shutdown and they hate when that happens. Like that's, you know, for the most part, they'll try to avoid that at all costs unless it's, you know, very politically expedient. Like when, you know, uh, what when like the Republicans control both branches of Congress, but there's a Democrat in the white house, for example. Um, 
then it then you can make it look like it's the president's fault when you are the one you know that's kind of how it's been used historically but um what we've said forever is that you know a, a small voting block in a very narrow majority like the democrats have now in congress and the house um could do a lot of damage and could could do a lot of um could can really impose their will like they could say like we are not going to vote for this unless you remove this put this in and you know remove this like that's the power of voting as a block and you know aoc is not stupid these people aren't stupid they know they've been able to do this but you know it's politically um it, it could be politically damaging if you're gonna constantly use your power to um enforce your will because the democrats by and large hate doing fucking anything unless it's you know something that's going to serve their fucking donors so you know you very rarely see that happen but you know luckily uh some of the progressives quote unquote in in the house really got together and said we're not gonna pass this bill unless you take out the billion dollar fucking funding that we give to israel for the iron dome you know israel the country with fucking universal health care um that we somehow need to pay for their iron dome on top of all the other fucking money that we send them every year. Right. Um, in aid. Right. So, so what is iron dome? It's, is that like a, you know, like that, uh, show with Hank from breaking bad where the whole city's trapped inside of like an actual glass <laughs> bubble. Right. It's the Stephen King book. No. Uh, so yeah. And you know, we've talked about the iron dome and how it's total fucking it, basically sci-fi at this point. Like it does not work at all. Like that they say it's going to work, but essentially the way Israel sells it, is it it's this impenetrable missile defense system that somehow in, can intercept these the those evil uh Hamas rockets as they as they you know fly over by the hundreds uh at a time from 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 the occupied territories of Palestine um and it supposedly is this this you know foolproof defense system despite the fact that rockets get through all the fucking time and they're always complaining about you know the the rock half the rockets that get launched don't even make it to anywhere you know residential and the ones that do fly right through the iron dome but well um, according to the rest of the the entire rest of the democratic party iron dome is the only thing standing between uh israel and the mass genocide the second holocaust of of jews in israel and this is just a few tweets here. Debbie from Rep. Debbie Wasserman Schultz uh, just tweeted out. Where is it? I'll come back here. I helped spearhead the legislative effort to replenish Israel's highly effective Iron Dome missile defense program. The U.S. has long supported critical funding to help our ally protect herself by herself. Her fuck off <laughs> herself. Really? Really? You have You're helping to- you help yourself. Really? What why does why does how does how does that even work? If they can help themselves, why are we giving them a billion dollars? I mean, can anyone like it, it's just it's just fucking preposterous. But but I, you got to love the just hardcore overdrive identity politics of of giving uh israel a female gender when she's when she's referring to them to to soften the <laughs> fact that they're a fucking fascist occupying regime it's, who, shit. it's like a ship ships right, a her right, ships a right. girl fucking check your pronouns privilege right so right, right. Uh, this was 
um, Adam H. Johnson was tweeting this, or replying to somebody else, but basically another Democrat with the same sentiment. And he said, so do you support a U.S. funded Iron Dome system for Gaza? I think that would be a great investment um, that would be a bold humanitarian gesture. <laughs> like, why why are we funding a, a missile defense shield for one side, but not the other? I thought we support a two-state solution. Like, you know, if we had an Iron Dome uh, that we were funding over Gaza, you know, we could have saved the headquarters of the Associated Press when Israel bombed them last May. Right. Right. Well, you know, and it's not like we're opposed to funding both sides of a conflict. I mean, we literally fund militant groups in Syria that were fighting each other. Like the CIA had one group that they were funding of rebels and, and the FBI was funding another group. And they were fucking fighting each other until they realized, like, so, they, you know, we're not opposed to that. Here, here's here's the thing that nobody talks about, though, that I've wanted to dive into here um, is that Iron Dome uh is a, a cgi light show and nothing right. more it right. doesn't do anything and everyone's like oh should we or should we not fund this you know extremely effective defense program this is this is a, like people don't understand what it is to fire a missile at a rocket and try to blow it out of the sky Right. And I've referred back to this a few times, but I haven't really quoted this guy before. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to get this, you know, in, in some of the finer detail. Uh, back in 2014, uh, Israel was, you know, massacring thousands of Gazans once again. Um, and, of course, citing their Iron Dome missile defense shield is the reason why they weren't having any casualties on their side, despite you know, they claim hundreds of Hamas rockets, right? Right. So Democracy and I had this guy on, uh, his name is, was, is, he's still alive as far as I know, Theodore A. Postal. And this was um, an interview they had with him shortly after he'd written an article for, uh, this was on the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists. So this is like a science blog, apparently. And this was dated July 19, 2014, titled The Evidence Shows That Iron Dome Is Not Working. Now, you might question whether he got really knows what he's talking about, but Theodore A. Postal is a physicist and oh. professor emeritus of science, technology, and national security at MIT. His experiences in nuclear weapons systems, including submarine warfare, applications of nuclear weapons, ballistic missile defense, and ballistic missiles. So the guy knows the science of how things fall through space and things that have a rocket engine on them and how they move and operate. And so the, the guy knows what he's talking about, right? Not, right. not very, you know, he isn't, it, and he's worked for the Navy. So it's not like he's got some extra, it's not like he's just, you know, opposed to imperialism. He's clearly working for imperialism. <laughs> no, he's fine with right? imperialism. He just wants to get the actual... Well, he, he's this. basically, you know, you'll, you'll, his bias is, I think he has like a, an issue with government waste and you can, you know, right. decide for yourself if you think this is government waste. So he writes <clears throat> um, here, to, to successfully intercept an artillery rocket of the type Hamas has been firing, an iron dome interceptor must destroy the warhead on the front end of the rocket. If the iron dome interceptor instead hits the back end of the target rocket, it will merely damage the expended rocket motor tube, basically an empty pipe, 
and have essentially no effect on the outcome of the engagement. The pieces of the rocket will still fall in the defended area. The warhead will almost certainly go on to the ground and still explode. Destroying an <laughs> artillery rocket warhead is a considerably more demanding mission than damaging other parts of the targeted rocket. Or in an, in an analogous, um, oh, I'm sorry, or in an, an analogous situation of aircraft defense, successfully damaging an airplane, causing the failure of its mission. So basically, like you know, for if you're just the reason why we don't do you know airplane dogfights anymore is because you don't have to blow up the whole plane; you just have to shoot part of it enough that it can't fly, and then it crashes, and it's really expensive, right? Well, now we do all of our shit with drones and missiles, so it's extremely, it's much more difficult to try to take that thing out by itself, right? So right. he continues here, to have a realistic chance of destroying an artillery rocket's warhead, an Iron Dome interceptor must approach the rocket from the front. In fact, almost directly head on. And for all practical purposes, an Iron Dome interceptor has no chance of destroying the warhead if the interceptor engages the rocket from the side or from the back. If Hamas Artillery rockets are fired at their maximum range. They can be expected to fall at angles of 60 to 65 degrees relative to the hors- uh, to, to horizontal in their descent to the target. They will fall at angles well above 65 degrees when fired at less than maximum range. So these are basically their ballistic rockets. It fires way up high in the sky. Once it runs out of fuel, then it falls to the ground. It's not like a, a surface-guided missile thing where it's flying low to the ground and a computer is controlling it. It's basically just you get an idea of, you know, the, the ballistic arc that you want, you know, the range that you want and you fire it with not real, really any idea of exactly where it's going to land. Right. Right. So when it's coming down, when it's falling, that's when Israel's firing these iron dome interceptors up into the sky to try to take them out. Right. So the very steep descent of artillery rockets is important to keep in mind when attempting to visualize what is happening when viewing the photographs that show only the smoke contrails of Iron Dome interceptors attempting to engage artillery rockets. When Iron Dome interceptors explode in the sky but have uh, but have contrails showing they have crossed the expected rocket trajectory in a side-on geometry or chased the artillery rocket from behind, it can be said with a high degree of certainty that no intercept could have occurred, assuming, of course, an artillery rocket was even being engaged in the first place. So just because you see a, a, a Iron Dome interceptor flying somewhere doesn't even mean it's, it's locked on to anything. It could just be flying, right? <laughs> and and that's what you see. They show these photographs where it looks like they're like scrambling and flying in like all these different directions. But you can see that like all the Hamas rockets are all like flying right sa- through. All like flying like on the same parallel course, right? And the right. Iron Dome rockets are just like flying all these different fucking crazy directions, and they put that as like, oh look how they're safe. It's like none of the none of them are even like trained on the target in the photograph you're showing. Right. So photographs of Iron Dome contours indicate the most that most of the system's interceptors have either been chasing Hamas rockets from behind or engaging those rockets from the side. In both cases, geometry and the speed of the interceptors and rockets make it extremely unlikely the interceptor will destroy the rocket's warhead. Keep in mind, it's, you know, if it damages the, the, the rocket anywhere, but the warhead's intact and it hasn't, it hasn't been exploded in the sky, that rocket warhead's still going to hit the ground and explode. Right. Right. So it's, right. <laughs> it's not... I mean, it's, it's accomplishing it's, the exact same thing. It's not like they had a fucking... You it's know, a light we, show. It's a right. fucking light show so they can go, look, look, look at all the help we're doing. 
So he continues here. In addition, unless the distance between the Iron Dome warhead and the warhead of an artillery rocket is small, roughly a meter or so, there will be a greatly diminished chance that a fragment from the Iron Dome rocket will hit it, penetrate, and cause the detonation of artillery rocket warhead. So basically what he's saying is, like, if you get close to it and that interceptor blows up, it's still a very low chance it's going to affect that warhead. Like, it, they literally have... It's like shooting a bullet with another bullet and the two bullets have to fucking like touch dick like the tips of their dicks together <laughs> they have to dock the, each other the right. two rockets have to dock each other look hey i've seen suicide so, squad i know it's possible right right like it's <laughs> one bullet goes inside they just have to, the that's uh, so the iron dome they just have to make smaller rockets therefore they could this way they can go cut through the center of the so, Hamas rockets <laughs> so they're and, and the rocket and the interceptor have about the same speed Right. right, so that that's right. why they can't catch each other from behind. That's why you, if you see one chasing another one, it can't catch up to it because right. they're go, both going really fucking fast. <laughs> so, if anything, it'll just follow it and crash into the target right after that. Like, yeah, well, they ha- supposedly have like a laser guidance system that's partially from the ground and partially from a satellite that's supposed to help them like be guided automatically. But like, mm. we can't even get a fucking. Did you see that video of that fucking uh, Tesla car that just decided to turn right out of nowhere and almost ran right. people over? Right. And it wasn't right. even. It wasn't programmed to take that turn on that route. It just fucking on its own decided to turn right which and almost Twitter killed somehow, two people. Which Elon Musk somehow got Twitter to take down. Which which is you know. Oh yeah, it, it totally got, got great company effect Twitter. too. Immediately, Twitter people is. were posting that. So the, the crossing speed of the Iron Dome interceptor and artillery rocket, if they do hit, that is their speed relative to one another. So, you, you know, if you're driving a car 60 miles an hour and someone else is driving a car 60 miles an hour and you hit each other, how fast do you go? How, how fa- like, what's the combined speed of that collision? I don't know. Do you just combine the two numbers? Basically. Right. So the... The crossing speed, <clears throat> this, is, this is how fast they're going. And, and just to give you a sense of how unlikely that these two rockets will actually hit each other head on, their combined relative speed is 1,200 meters per second. Wow. Right. So based on this analysis, the Iron Dome success rate falls below 5%. <laughs> So based based on hundreds of videos and photos, so basically just fucking dumb luck when it actually does stop a rocket at this point. It's it fails over ninety five percent of the time. It fails, and those Hamas rockets are a Soviet rocket designed from the sixties. They cost about a thousand dollars to make. You know how much one of those Iron Dome interceptor rockets made by Raytheon in Arizona costs? I'm gonna guess more than a thousand dollars. One hundred thousand dollars. Oh. Oh, that's it? $100,000 to put on a light show per rocket. How many of those we we send up, like, dozens at a time? Like, Oh, hundreds at a time. Right. Hundreds at a time. The the launchers they have on them, they're like those, you know, when you see the the truck with, like, 60 fucking rockets all on one, like, giant, like, box that's angled up in the sky. And it's just like, it's like, like one of those. Right. You know, these aren't like Scud missiles where it's, you know, the size of a fucking plane. So uh, he continues here. And I'll finish this up. It is clear that the Iron Dome radar tracking and guidance system is not working as it should. 
it is initially sending Iron Dome missiles to intercept points that then results in an interceptors not being able to achieve the right engagement geometries when they start the process of homing in on the targeted artillery rockets. Photographs from 2012, uh, November 2012, show such problems. And pictures from July of this year indicate that Iron Dome interceptors are still behaving erratically, resulting in uh, continued low intercept rates. So it's it, he he's sort of saying like, well, there is a solution, but like this whole fucking guidance system just doesn't work, right? right and when man. you when you you know when you're he's basically saying like it 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 should be possible for it to work, but he's also saying, well, it's it's two rockets approaching each other at a uh, one thousand two hundred meters per second, like your odds of fucking sticking that landing are pretty fucking low, no matter right. how good your guidance system has. Like the wind could blow it an inch off course and it's fucking done. That's it. Right. <laughs> right? Th- I mean, they're relatively thin. You know, the, the margin for error, like you said, is, is non-existent unless you're a just... couple inches wide. Right. <laughs> they're fucking like, like... What, are, what are the, I mean, and even if you have a computer guidance system, how fast can it make real time, uh, you know, changes to speed when it, and, and, you know, angle when it's going, what? That's that's like four times the speed of sound. What fucking a computer can't even steer a car at idling speed. How is it supposed to fucking steer a missile into another missile going four times the speed of sound? Right. So just like the just the physics of it, just the physics of it alone. Again, it's it's like just the, you know, it's it's the you know in in North Korea they don't have electricity, so we have to get out and push the train. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's not a thing that's possible. <laughs> And then they eat the rats, but then the rats are, you know, sick, so the kids die, and then those rats eat the the dead, infected right. kids. Well, the rats ate out your eyeballs, and so now you can't see the rats, so that's why you have to spend hours chasing them and laughing while you do it. That's Joe, Joe Rogan's like, whoa, dude. Whoa, man. That's <laughs> fucking, that's fucking deep. That's fucking deep. So they just have, like, they have to have, like, piles of bodies at the train station because it's so cold. Right. I'm sure he's, you know, having deep thoughts about that in this fucking ice bath or... Chamber. I just, I just wonder if like sleeping. anybody anybody pulled Joe Rogan aside and was like, "Dude, what the fuck was that interview with that crazy?" I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I would I would love to actually hear what he thinks about that if he actually is dumb enough to I'm believe sure he, it. But he, he seemed like he did. I mean, he's got so much money that all the all the guys around him and his like weightlifting fucking garage place where he does that podcast or like right. they would never they would never tell him anything that would make him. He just he kept, oh he, he no. Kept Rich people, I mean, once you get to a certain level of, of, of rich guy, you just you're surrounded by people who will never give you a fucking honest opinion, whether you want one or not, I'm sure at that point. Um, but you know who's very upset about this this Iron Dome funding? Um good not going through is of course Eve Fartlow. I don't know if you saw her tweet on the uh, No, on the our favorite Ziosexual. She's back right. in action, huh? Yeah, she uh tweeted which side you on, babes, and then she tweeted like a a picture of text or whatever uh and it says the iron dome is progress the iron dome is progressive the iron dome is peaceful the iron dome is saving lives the iron dome is protecting democracy the iron dome is the future people who uh eve fartlow follows or mention can reply only oh, of course of course because she doesn't want anyone to fucking <laughs> which by the way again. by the way she follows uh like 500 people no one commented under this post it's been up for two days so nobody wants the eve fartlow stench on them uh and i I don't blame them (laughs) 
Uh, plenty of quote yeah. tweets, but <laughs> <laughs> just really, really well, fucking just clown I mean, shit as if, usual. If if this is if this is the thing that Swaz going to take a stand on, like I really hope that they're citing some research that you know by this guy or others who are ballistic missile experts to show that it's a fucking waste of money, not just like oppose it ideologically because they're going to get roasted on that. Right. Well, and I, the people that don't know any better or paid liars, they're going to say, but this is defensive. What do they do? You know, right. Like they need well, to have the facts to back them up to show that this is just a, a complete fraud. Right. And I, I, you know, and I, I, that's the thing is like, I didn't even hear about this cause I haven't, and I thought, I think I follow most of them at least on Twitter, um, which, you know, I don't, <laughs> and follows and retweets and et cetera, not endorsements. Like I follow a lot of people, you know, on Twitter that I just am interested to see what they're going to say, you know, but um, I, I wonder if they're just, you know, they knew that they kind of had to oppose this cause it would look a lot worse for them if they didn't oppose it and maybe they really did want to oppose it, but I don't, they're not being like out front vocal about it because they know that it will invite the t- shit lib criticism that always comes when anyone uh, comes after Israel, you know, that they always see, especially people like Ilhan Omar, you know, who gets just brutally fucking sm- you know, uh, for, for all my issues with her, she doesn't deserve any of the shit that she gets for her, uh anti-israel uh votes and or comments which are you know usually don't even go far enough like you know there's nothing wrong with what she's saying like they're not uh you know she gets preposterously piled on for things like that so i'm sure that calculus plays into it um but you know it's just again this is it's it's good but i'm sure you know next go around israel will still get billions of dollars made from us joe biden's not going to do anything to stop that joe biden fucking loves israel uh you know just like every other democratic president we've ever had fucking loves israel loves loves giving them money to uh brutalize and oppress and steal the fucking uh you know ancestral homes of palestinians uh and that's just gonna go on forever i don't ever see that stopping but you know look we'll, we'll take the small victories where we can um I'm sure uh what's his face Lapid the new prime minister will will bomb another fucking you know fishing village or something to uh make himself feel better over the fact that we're not giving them what we missed one payment to them basically we missed a fucking a month's rent to Israel uh for the fucking iron dome uh yeah and that's basically it so you know fuck them but uh um, fuck them speaking of fucking i was just i was just trying to look and see if uh theodore postals on twitter i do not think he is i mean he's a fucking... would search like at going postal because that would be my ad if i if my last name was postal <laughs> i feel like that's a, right that's a fucking layup but um real quick uh before we get the, the last thing i want to we, we really want to dive into is what's going on down at the border um but before we get into that i do want to play a quick clip um apropos of nothing else we don't really have a story about it but uh, George Bush has decided to rear his fucking decrepit ass, uh, rear his head out of it, out of his, you know, his artist den uh, and do some speaking tours or speaking engagements, whatever he's doing. Um, and uh, he's getting heckled at everything that he's been speaking at, which is great. And I, I think that that's uh, that's right. I think he should never live a day in his life in public without being screamed at and berated and told that he's a fucking murderer and a fucking piece of shit liar 
who who got a million Iraqis uh, murdered, a million Iraqi civilians murdered well, because of the lies of his administration that he uh, went along un- unfortunately, with. Unfortunately, Anthony, Jenk Unger would disagree with you. There's a time and place for debate, but it's it's yelling at someone while they're trying to enjoy their dinner is not the place Right, no, you, you, don't, you don't yell at them in restaurants. It's not what you do. You don't go you to don't, their house. You don't go to their house in protest on their lawn. That's just, that's, no, that's, no, no. The only people who ever oppose shit like that are people who think that one day they will be the recipient of things like that because of the oh, things of that they course. do. And they're terrified <laughs> of that shit. They're terrified <laughs> of that shit. Because of the things that they do and they know that they're guilty of. Um, it's, it's a real... Like, okay, you know, don't be a public figure then. If, you don't, right. if you're afraid of that, then you don't have to do that. <laughs> Stay home. Right. Put up a fucking gate. Put up a security camera. You're not going to worry about it anymore. Right. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I want to play this clip. Um, and this is from a speaking tour Bush did. Uh, and he was interrupted by Mike Preisner, who uh, is like Abby Martin's kind of second in command. I I don't know if they're dating or they're. I I I, I think I I'm not. I, I say that because I feel like I've heard that before. Like she said that before, but I could be wrong about that. Yeah, so I don't. feel like it's sort of implied that she like is dating more than one person, but doesn't really say it. <laughs> it's sort Maybe. of it's sort know. of vague and ambiguous. But you know, I don't give a shit. That's their fucking private life no no right of course no i i just i didn't want to misidentify him but no but but you know and they do great work uh and he's you know i you know and i always have mixed feelings about kind of like the like the left like lefty veterans for peace kind of thing because like i you know i like i i I, I'm glad that they're doing the right thing now is all I'll say, <laughs> you know, if the, the, the whole, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it thing. I, I'm very glad that they are now on the right side of history and that they're using the, the privilege that they're afforded by this, this fucking flag humping uh, culture that we have to say like, look, I'm a veteran and this is what I think because a lot of people will listen to them that maybe wouldn't have listened to them previously. Um, but right. Mike Preisner is very famous for uh, he, he like, you know, speaking outside of the White House like he's an Iraq war veteran um, and he is like working with Abby Martin a lot for the Empire Files. But he interrupted Bush's speech. So here uh, is the audio from that. Uh, and, you know, so you can't really hear Bush saying something, muttering something in the background, but you can hear him for sure. Mr. Bush, when are you going to apologize for the million Iraqis that are dead because you lied? You lied about weapons of mass destruction. You lied about connections to 9-11. You lied about Iraq being a threat. You sent me to Iraq. You sent me to Iraq in 2003. My friends are dead. Joshua Castile. You you killed people. You lied. You lied about WMDs. A million Iraqis are dead because you lied. My friends are dead because you lied. You need to apologize. Apologize. Wow, that was very awesome. Like, he he should really behave himself. (laughs) I said you were going to behave yourself. The moderator was. I think I think misbehaving. like that is just totally inappropriate and there should be consequences for that kind of behavior <laughs> look i mean look we could there's a nuanced discussion about whether or not your lies directly led to the death of a, a million plus civilians but what we cannot tolerate is just loud you know shouting and and and, and heckling that's just not going to be tolerated here that's you know this is a civilized society where we uh, do our murdering and, and horrific uh, deeds with uh, state sanctioning and, and not, you know, 
just just getting up and yelling in a theater. That's that's just it's, not going to fly it's here. It's policy. It's not behavior. It's totally different. It's not. <laughs> right. It's not a series of decisions <laughs> that led to an unfavorable outcome. That's that's not behavior. That's not what behavior is. A series of unfortunate mistakes that were made that led to a million deaths is a policy, a policy decision. It's not a behavior. You know what's funny too is I. Like real hardcore right wingers hate George Bush now because he was anti Trump, you know, at least nominally. I have to imagine a lot of people who were at this speaking engagement were liberals who were protesting the Iraq War in two thousand four, two thousand three, you know, course. whatever. And and they're well, there like the people that put like, their hands on him. The people that grabbed him, put their hands on him, aren't a bunch of fucking truck stop NASCAR toothless mouth breathers. It's a bunch of bunch of liberal looking people. Like, a bunch yeah, of no, people wearing people. suits and right and like little, you know, kind of like yeah. fucking bowl cuts and He's you know, yeah. buddy. There's nothing there's nothing that's more catnip for liberals than when a fucking right wing neocon war criminal uh agrees with them on one thing. And then it's just like, see, we've done it. We've won him over. It's like right, no, one real dumb he won you thing. over. He won you over. You're now supporting war crimes, and you're too fucking stupid to see that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, and you hear them in the background. They do they, and that was the reason I knew they were liberals because they do the telltale liberal like like hissing noise when they disapprove of something. Like right, like if it was a bunch of right wingers, the boo would have an accent. Be like, boo, (laughs) boo, (laughs) fuck out of here. Get, Get it the go, fuck go out of here. Mexico. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So it's just it's just but you know, and I th- I think it's good that he does that also because it also should make them feel shame for what they're doing. Because they would have been, you know, in theory doing the same thing in two thousand two, two thousand three, or at least, you know, they would like to think that they would. Um and it, it's just it's just fucking disgusting that that he's allowed to to exist in, in polite society and like just go and sit there and well you know, in a suit and fucking as answer long as you behave yourself you're allowed to as long as your behavior is politeful you're allowed to <laughs> say things like we should um you know erase the afghanistan city for every american who died right right like our our, our buddy who i who, whose name i forget said the other said tweeted about the other day but yeah, it, it, it's just preposterous. He and you know, I, I'm very glad that he's rapidly decaying as a human being. Also, George Bush, it's almost like his crimes are haunting him from the inside out. Because I, I don't know if I, you saw the clip, but he looks very—he's looking a lot like Bush Senior. Like he's got that decrepit, like right. slouch, and he's fully gray, and he's fully really like wrinkled. It's Kissinger. Kissinger's just like he's. <laughs> usurping the energy from every other war criminal around him so that he can you know, make it to 115 years old it's, well, it's like something... that's that's the deal you make that's the deal you make when you get up there the upper echelon of war criminals is is like you you know you, you have to have your life force sucked away by henry kissinger so that you'll live a little bit less but he'll live a little bit longer that's <laughs> that's the fucking deal and you get to murder a million a million iraqis and have no consequence for it. That's the yeah. that's the arrangement you make when you get up there at the top. Yeah, and then you get to sit at home and do like like kindergarten level paintings of dogs, and then people are like, "Oh, look, he's so sweet. He makes art, and he goes on Ellen's show, and he's fun." Yeah, um, but I I assume that it's some kind of like a thing where like with like Palpatine, where you just absorb so much evil Sith energy that you rapidly decay, but you somehow are able to live 
you know, right. forever through various, you know. Well, it's, that's the thing is you try to, you know, suck up the energy of young people and they'll, they have enough energy that like they'll fight back. Right. So you have to, you have to prey on the weak. Right. right. So you go after the people that are the closest to you and, you know, and, and you make that deal, then they don't fight back. They don't fight right. back. It's just like, well, it's just, just part of the, part of the fucking deal. <laughs> I get to go on this book um, tour and people yell at me, but it's worth it. Maybe that's what's happening. Maybe Kissinger has a bunch of like Kissinger clones and he just like transfers his whatever the stupid fucking plot of that last Star Wars movie was where he transfers his right. consciousness into a new Kissinger body that still like, looks like how, shit, but it's like sort of alive, right. you know? Fucking Gucci Palpatine. Yeah. How, how did he build a, a fleet of a thousand star stories without anyone knowing about it when that would have taken millions and millions of people working? Trillions of dollars. No one, yeah, right, no one right. knew about it. It's like, yeah. it's, it's, don't worry it, about it. It's Star it, Wars. It, nobody didn't know. It's just nobody fucking cared. It was like, well, that's the Empire. <laughs> like, let's uh, move on today. Right. Um, just, like, how do we, how do we have a, a, a fucking missile defense shield? that people in our federal government think is successful and peaceful when it, when it fails 95% of the time, like, and, and millions of people are unaware of that. Hundreds of millions of people are unaware of this fact. Like you could fucking do, you could do, you could build 50,000 death stars in the galaxy and no one might know about it. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, in the context of star Wars, the, the new Republic was, was in, power at the time so if they had actually known about it, there's no like but yeah it's, no, i'm just it's, saying it's that on a galactic just, you know, scale the stupidity scales up is, is sure what i'm trying to say sure absolutely <laughs> um so, not to but, so, but, movie, but, 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 but some but somehow palpatine has returned we, we do need to remember that anyway yeah. um <laughs> fucking uh yeah well speaking of decrepit pieces of shit we should we should close out the show talking about joe biden and his immigration policy because you know we we, we we've been fairly uh, we've gone fairly easy well i don't even want to say that we've been very fair with joe biden i think in the last month or so on the podcast i think we you know gave him praise where he deserved it in in terms of pulling troops out of afghanistan we we you know rightfully pilloried him when he uh launched a drone attack that killed a fucking aid worker and his seven children uh you know on the way out of afghanistan but um by and large you know we we, we agreed with his decision to keep you know the keep up with the withdrawal of the troops from afghanistan that we that we committed to um but you know joe biden's still joe biden and his immigration policy still fucking sucks it's still awful and right-wing and even to the right of donald trump's immigration policy it's just the rhetoric is not as icky to liberals so you know kind of heads in the sand about it um and right now at the border there is a uh I don't know if it, if they came in a caravan or if it's just a large group of, of Haitian uh, refugees uh, fleeing uh, Haiti, which is one of the countries that we have uh, have fucking supported so coups in for decades. Not a, not exactly accurate. They fled Haiti a long time ago, and I've been reading about this quite a bit. But the the situation was that there was something like fifteen thousand Haitians, um, mostly Haitians, uh, all right. sort of. Um, congregating on this highway or this freeway and uh you know we saw the images of the the fucking the the mounted border patrol cowboys whipping people um 
with the reins of their horses, they have these very long leather reins that they can whip people with. Um, they're not they're, whips. They're reins of their horses rein. That, that, that literally is the thing that liberals have been tweeting in defense of this. Like, oh, well, they're not actual whips. They're just horses they're, reins. They're just treating those Haitian black immigrants the same as we would treat a horse. That's not what's wrong with that. The horses are happy. They like to be rode. Right. It, it's just it's just it's just fucking disgusting. And you see so the images. The, yeah. the, the tragedy here is that these people, I mean, Haiti's an island, right? So these people right. didn't come here directly from Haiti. Um, the reporting on this has been decent, I would say. And most of these people had left Haiti many years ago and were living in Venezuela, Guatemala, Mexico, all over the you know Latin America. And most of them had jobs and housing and were somebody conned them all into joining this caravan quitting their jobs selling their homes to come to america where they were told things would be even better so something's going on here and you know clearly if it was they were targeting haitian immigrants into those countries specifically to get them to all you know congregate together to to go up to america together and these people get there and they thought they were going to be let in they were told oh joe biden's going to let everyone in who wants to and right. whoever they, you know, was conning them, uh, you know, clearly convinced a lot of people and a lot of people were like, oh, all these other people are going. So this must be true. Right. So, yeah, we've already started flying people back to Haiti. Uh, there's been something like like seven Coast Guard planes a day right. uh, taken off from there from Del Rio. <laughs> They've also been busing people to El Paso where there's a bigger facility. Uh, and I read today that uh, some unnamed officials in border patrol uh said that they're just they're just releasing people into the u.s with like a, a immigration court hearing date in 60 days so not everybody is being de- deported um immediately or treated the same right but with such a huge amount of people and you know who knows who's actually adjudicated this who says you know oh you're flying back with no hearing versus oh you're you you know we're going to release you into the u.s Right. Maybe it's probably based on very short interviews with these people. You know, like, do you have family here you can stay with? Yes. Okay. Well, here, you go stay with them and we take down your contact info and you, here's your, you know, uh, immigration hearing date right. or deportation hearing date. Right. And usually people show up for those things, but still, it's. <laughs> Like it's something it's, like it's 90% of the time they show up, for, like people show up for those immigration here. Like it's a very yeah. high, yeah. which is why we always say you shouldn't be fucking turning actual refugees away. You should let them in and then, you know, put, you know, give them a court date and you can actually review their individual claim. And then, you know, <clears throat> and, right. and of course the, the fucking court system is fucked up to begin with. And I'm sure well, leads you just, much you more heavily enough, on. You don't have enough immigration judges to process all this stuff. I mean, it's a it's a lot to you know. Even if you had a good policy, it's a lot of people to process, right? And you know, what are the what are the situations that we're creating with our foreign behavior? I mean, policy that are creating <laughs> tens of thousands, millions of of refugees. You know, and what what is our inaction on climate change going to do? You think there's not going to be millions of of refugees from global warming coming north as we're decimating the global south, burning down the fucking rainforests, right? Like that. Right. This is this is just going to get worse. Like remember when 2017 when Logan came out, like how they the opening scenes of that movie showed like this just absolute dystopia along the border where people are all like lined <laughs> right. up 
for miles trying to get into the country and there's like you know the the, the sports douchebags uh you know standing out of the rooftop of the limo shouting usa at them like mocking them right right and like what a dystopia that was uh, uh you know accurately predicted of, of you know three years later <laughs> right no we, we said that even when we reviewed the movie we we're like this is not yeah that much of a dystopia i mean the only thing that's that we don't see currently i'm sure it's coming is the fucking self-driving uh uh 18 wheelers that like you know have no uh, ability and or uh program desire. Ability to, to, <laughs> to, right, to not you actually to, to not the, murder you the desire is apparently to murder you it's just like oh i was going on a straight path and had no reason to turn but there's some people to kill <laughs> fucking <laughs> fucking unreal by the way I, to, off topic but you really uh the director of that, James Mangold, also directed Walk the Line, which was on TV the other day. Great fucking movie if people haven't seen it. Uh, it, it it's a lot more like, you know, and I know you're, 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 per, you seem like you're not super big on musicals, but it's not like, oh, a typical... I love John C. Riley, though. I love John C. Riley. His whole, his whole like career arc of oh, playing, <laughs> of playing a really fucking dumb guy. Like it takes, no, 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 that's that that's walk hard. What I yes. Oh, but the, I got it mixed up. Fuck. No, that's the one that's. Um, but they're both very Joaquin good. Phoenix. Right, 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 it's, right. It's like a parody, right? Because walk walk hard is a parody, parody of walk the line. One. Right. There we go. There we go. Then they're, they're actually both fucking great. Walk walk hard's like the funniest fucking parody of a music biopic you'll ever see. But walk line's actually a very good. I think it won like right. an Oscar, but but like it's it's Joaquin well, Phoenix. Didn't is they actually great in that movie. Uh, they actually did their own singing on that? It wasn't just dubbed. So Joaquin did all the singing. Reese Witherspoon didn't do the singing for June Carter, but Joaquin did all of his huh. uh, all the Johnny Cash singing. And he actually because Johnny Cash is a very you know you it seems like oh it's pretty low, be easy, but it's very hard to act- accurately like mimic his vocal style. Uh, and they had Joaquin do it in like a much higher key like they just up they 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 raised the key you know they they uh like brought it up a step or so and like for some and like right before they started filming he was able to like find that part of his voice that range so then he sung it in like all the original uh keys and he's fucking great like he he it's unbelievable his uh his did you um did you see joaquin in uh you were never really there no, I've been meaning to watch it. I heard good things. Oh, about you that. gotta watch that. It's it's like the real it's like, like horror suspense sort of. It's it's like a if um it's like if the Joker had a point to it. <laughs> okay. It's it's like it's a better Joker origin story than oh. the Joker is, right? And plays like a similar role. Mm, right, but it's believable. Like, it's not like, oh, I'm sad. And my mom that puts up my bullshit uh, irritated me. So I I killed her one day. Like, what? Like, she wasn't abusive beyond just, like, negging you to fucking do better in life. And you killed her for that? And then then you fucking shoot a talk show host in the head? Like, Tony Soprano put up with so much worse from his mother. And (laughs) 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 And who who literally tried to kill him. Right, Um, right. And then he like tries to you know like rationalize it like yeah you know what he what can you do right. brought me into this world to try to take me out <sighs> live and let live so um, <laughs> another one you got to see is uh, uh, speaking of biopics uh, music biopics about country music folk have you seen Coal Miner's Daughter no no is that oh, what, that came God. out recently or no no nineteen eighty uh, okay. this is a biopic um, one of the better musical biopics that kind of like set the bar for you know what what they would be about for the next uh 40 41 right. years um and it's about uh, loretta lynn 
and oh. she was at you know kind of the, the just past the peak of her career and in a very unusual step she was allowed to choose who would play her in the hmm. film and she chose sissy spacek because sissy spacek could actually sing good <laughs> that was the thing she's like right. i don't care if she doesn't look exactly like me she can sing and not only did she she sing all of her tracks in the film but ever all of the singing in the movie was actually like they shot the the footage live they didn't do right. anything which sounds way better yeah that's a which sounds that, amazing like, like even for like 1980 that's still you know you're recording everything analog you know it's like it's it's like they didn't do that kind of shit back then no no right. it's you real. would just you would record that, it and film it and then you would dub it in a studio later you know so it would sound right. good because you could have a quality control there but but it looks um, like shit yeah it's like great. you see that in great. movies you know now where right. they, where they dub in the music and you're lip syncing it's like um exactly. and that's and that's honestly the key to a good music biopic um which which i consider myself a bit of a connoisseur of you, you, oh, you never cast you? to well then <laughs> you never you never fucking Pearls cast to for uh for looks you always have to cast for for singing for that's why a movie like walk the line fucking works and a movie like bohemian rhapsody sucks a fat dick like it's just oh, you know rami malik look have you, you know look pretty have you good watched the, have you watched the pitch minion video for that movie no no i thought i well, sent it to you oh well it's just know, it's I'll like it so you, know the, you know the pitch when. meeting guy yeah 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 i've seen it yeah well, it's, it's like he just like describes all the scenes from the movies like like wow that's amazing i can't believe that really happened he's like none of that happened i made it up <laughs> like what <laughs> yeah so there's yeah. a scene where you know this this record producer says that like uh bohemian rhapsody will never play on the radio because it's seven minutes long right and then it, it goes on and everyone loves it yeah yeah it's a great scene yeah well that never happened no one ever told him <laughs> it wouldn't play <laughs> <laughs> the, per, the fucking record execs loved the song and they were sure it was going to be a hit right that wasn't even like their first single like they had a bunch of singles before oh, no, it, no. It, it, just i mean it was that whole movie. it was it, like in the, the scene where he meets them for the first time uh -huh. you know like right, they, right. they were they were already roommates together right that's <laughs> like hey i want to be in your band who are you oh i'm freddie mercury i'm your roommate right. oh yeah that's right you live with us it just sucks too because we were so close to getting a good version of that movie because like Sasha Baron Cohen was originally attached, and he left because he was like, "This movie's all bullshit. Like I'm not doing a, a PG-13, right. totally fictionalized." And she and he actually can sing. Like he's like a trained singer, uh, so he would have probably done it for real, and we would have had a Wait, more. We've never had a Borat musical, and he can fucking sing. Yeah, he sings in uh, uh what the fucking uh Sweeney Todd. You ever see Sweeney Todd, the Johnny Depp movie, no, the, the Tim Burton one? I haven't seen that. Although I do oh. remember in the original Borat, he did sing "Throw the Jew Down the Well." So there's <laughs> he there's, did. Yeah, he, his, he showed off a little credit. a little of his mu musical chops there. But anyway, chops. <laughs> um, yeah, no, Walk the Line, great movie. Um, and also there's a great uh line in that about about Johnny Cash, uh, like basically uh it's it's joaquin's best line reading in the whole movie but like it, it's one of those scenes where like they're in a recording studio and it's like you know oh, here try out like play a song and like see if we're gonna sign you and they play some like real uh like just you know standard kind of gospel song and he sings it fine but it's boring as fuck it's a you know typical like 50s gospel song and the guy's like you know i i don't believe you blah blah, blah. and he's like you said i don't believe in god uh and uh 
and and the guy's like you know you know you're done i'm not gonna sign you and he's like uh just you know just just give me one more chance here i'm gonna i'll play this uh song that i wrote while i was in the air force you don't prompt the air force do you and the guy's like no <laughs> and he's like well i do <laughs> it's just the way the way he says it is fucking it's just a great line reading and then he plays uh false prison blues and that's what you know kickstart and, and who knows if that actually happened but it was a great fucking scene um <laughs> <laughs> well if it's in the movie it must have happened right i i heard that movie's a lot more <sighs> accurate than most you know like it, it, it's fairly accurate i mean he did you know really proposed to june carter on stage and shit and he what he he's very unflattering in his portrayal of johnny cash which is i think the reason that movie works it's very right. um he's very neurotic and like creepy and like almost predatory but not like you know, like he's just like you know he's he's a fucking ball of nerves he's because he had a psycho father um that's but anyway. joaquin phoenix for you i mean you've ever seen paul thomas anderson's the master like there's nobody better at pull at like playing a just unsettling bizarre character than joaquin right which he seems like he genuinely um, is in real life but like he's very good at that role like he's very good speaking, at channeling that speaking of award-winning unflattering portrayals uh gillian anderson just won an emmy for her portrayal of nice. margaret thatcher on the crown this week um, and I remember when that was announced that they were gonna they were gonna uh, girl power Thatcher up on the crown. I was like, oh, they're gonna try to rehab Thatcher, and fucking Gillian Anderson played it pitch perfect, uh, extremely epic, unflattering portrayal, awesome. um, absolutely award winning. There was, I mean, I, I haven't watched the Emmys in I don't know if I've ever watched the Emmys until this week. Um, because there was so much good shit that was nominated, like right. a ton of in, and part of that's like anthology TV where. You get good actors that want to do TV because it's only, you know, like one season. You know, you got, you got to it's, do like 10 episodes. Right. You don't have to do two years of promotion for it. Um, you can hop on and hop off and tell a story that's better than most movies. And it's not like when network TV used to have to, if you wanted to do a drama, it was 24 fucking oh episodes. And you have to commit your your life fucking to live on order mci fucking right. cs like the, the early like you know like the early tv dramas that were network dramas they were still like 24 26 episodes. like that's a fucking year of your life where you're basically living on like a campus and you have no life whatsoever like yeah these shows 10 episodes you know eight episodes whatever you pop in and it's basically just like a long fucking movie you just shoot you know yeah like a movie yeah. or two back to back and you're done and it's fucking great my and favorite thing about the crown is it tricks you into starting to empathize with the royal family in certain ways how like they're all kind of trapped and it's not really their fault and you know they can't <laughs> leave um and then you get to season four of the crown the last season they just did where yeah. suddenly like a very young princess die shows up and they all fucking hate her right? because she's a decent human being and they right. despise her for that. And the show has like gotten you to the point where you started to like some of the royal family. And then you go, oh, God, what was I thinking? <laughs> like, oh, no, fuck? this is who they really are. Like, right. That's and I mean, that's, it's, you know. And, but I had a feeling that they were going to they were going to sh not show Thatcher in a positive light because in this first season, uh, John Lithgow plays um, Churchill. They don't Churchill. show him in a positive light. Right? Oh, just make he's just this bloated, fat, racist, drunk asshole who hates art. <laughs> and right. uh, I was just like, nah, I think they're going to do a good job with this. And and consistently, the show is thrown in little kind of like uh, you know nods to socialism and you know environmental stuff too. And just you right. know, but season four, season four is just fucking mind-blowingly uh, good. 
Yeah, I think maybe after I finish Sopranos, I'll, I'll try to give that another. I'll, I'll dive yeah. back into that. You don't even have to watch looks... it in, in order. Like you could watch any of the seasons out of order, and they it would still like standalone more or less. Kind well because they they each um, big time jumps like right every two seasons. Yeah, yeah. So the first two seasons, it's it's one um, you know actress playing um, the queen, right? And then they jump ahead like twenty years, and it's a completely different actress um and they've done that consistently so they had the the young woman who played uh, princess die as like the like 20 year old version of her or possibly younger i think um they only are going to use her for one season and the next season it's gonna be some someone else entirely um but yeah great stuff so you you know if you if you're not sure if you want to watch the whole thing like start on season four and then if you like that jump back to one and then right. watch the rest of it in order so so well real quick while we're <laughs> not while we're on the topic but getting back quick to, before we get out of here to the topic of biden uh and 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 what's going on with with the haitian <clears throat> refugees i want to play a couple of quick clips um this is a clip uh of what uh, just an on the ground reporting clip of what's actually going on I'm, i think this is from pbs uh or i'm not i'm not exactly sure where i where i pulled this from but it's a good just idea of the type of fucking cowboy psychopaths that that get into uh the border patrol and and these and again if you haven't seen the images these these people are like literally on horseback they're wearing like leather chaps they have fucking cowboy hats on and they're and they're tactical stab vests because they're so fucking terrified of these people who are fleeing with their fucking families with women and children well i mean they kind of um, littered the side of the river i mean that's that's pretty egregious i'm sure those guys care a lot about you know oh big environmentalists in the cbp i'm sure <laughs> um, that's that's one of the things i wonder because i mean anytime you have thousands of people in a confined area where you don't have you know like porta potties and, and oh there's shit in cans, the river for sure yeah. there's gonna be there's gonna be litter right and you know like i'm i'm of the mind that like you know wherever you are whatever you take in you pack out too but at the same time like they're you have no home right you have you no, no every, way like, to you, you can't waste, carry right? you don't have a refrigerator right so you're you're having to you know grab food wherever you can and there's no there's nowhere to put it you know like every all food comes in a fucking package now you know everything you buy comes with a plastic bag or wrapped around it so you know, it's almost like like deliberately they don't want to have any facilities for these people who are sort of masked up, right? Because it'll look, it'll it'll make them look worse if we don't help. You know, you know, cart out all the trash that, that right. comes along with daily life. You know, that you would when you're paying to live in an apartment, right? So right. I feel like that's like a deliberate thing where they're the you know border patrol says you know don't don't don't, don't give them a trash can or a porta potty. Because then they'll be forced to have to, you know, fucking throw their shit on the ground. And then they'll look, you know, it, then then they look like the thing that's inhuman that they, we want to people to, you know, look at that and go, well, you don't want that in your neighborhood, do you? You don't want that coming into the country, do you? Right. So and, and, and you know, on that topic, the, the inhumanity that that we want people to see them with is, is, you know, the way that these these cowboy cosplayers in the CBP really do see them and and it's pretty evident in this clip so this is an actual audio of of uh uh, these 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 horse mounted uh cbp agents uh uh, basically rounding up these these migrants with with whips or with fucking you know uh horse reins that are cut to whip length so that they can whip people with them um and yeah i'll play the audio and then we'll talk about it 
This is how one US Border Patrol officer received Haitian migrants crossing the Rio Grande, coming back with food to a camp they've set up in Texas. Hey, you use your women? This is why your country Because you use your women for this. You go, no, that way. No, 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 no. We've got our families inside, dying of hunger. We've had to go out to buy food. You can see the tense scenes here. The Border Patrol are trying to stop people getting back into the camp after they went across to Mexico to get food, they say, because there isn't enough food for them actually there in the camp. There's more than 12,000 migrants, mostly Haitians, in the camp that sprung up in Del Rio, Texas, over the last two weeks. They want asylum. But US authorities are overwhelmed. This is just the latest flashpoint in a months-long surge of people illegally crossing the border. And there's little in the camp for them. Sanitary products? There aren't any. Food? There isn't any either. They don't give you anything. We met Nicholas on the Mexican bank of the river, searching for food and medicine for his family. He hadn't realized until we asked him about it that U.S. authorities are also now flying Haitians back home. There's planes now going deporting people. What yeah. do you think about that? What kills me about that is that everyone knows what we Haitians are going through. There's no president. Crime is high. Students can't go to school. There's no work. The economy is down. People can't put up with that. Deportation is not good for us. Like many others, he said he'd suffered to get this far, on a journey through South America, past gangs, and through a patch of jungle called the Darien Gap, notorious for rape and robbery. It was really difficult. I saw a lot of us who died, he told me. Now he's touched ground in his promised land. Oh, I guess that's where the clip ends. Um... Yeah. So, I mean, it's really fucking harrowing shit. And you just hear the inhumanity of the fucking people that we're sending there to enforce this fucking camp. Um, you know, while we, while what we, what was that? What was that fucking KKK cowboy even saying? He was like, this is, this is why, you know, this your is country you... shit is what he was saying. They bleeped it out, but he said, this is why your country shit because you use your women for this. I assume he means what is like, he talking about? Use your women for what? For sympathy, I think he think I think he thinks that these people are, are it, you know, it's the same right wing attitude of like, oh, well, those homeless people, they all have they all go back to their nice apartments. They just like to go and sit as if, you know, like that's that idiot fucking talking point you always hear out of right wingers who think that like homeless people have this like that's their job. Like they make so much money panhandling like that, that they like it's just preposterous bullshit. These people are fucking racist, ignorant, you know. Hicks. Well, I love how all of the, um, you know, Florida restaurant owners that say that uh, nobody wants to work anymore and they, they have to go out of business because they can't find anyone to work in the restaurants are also the same people saying, you know, keep those Haitians out of here. We don't want them trying to work in our country. Right. No, of course. <laughs> so, like, hey, there's 15,000 people looking for a job. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> and, Who will work uh, for your shit fucking wages that you want to pay them? Like, you know, you right. can't find any American workers who want to put up with your bullshit for two fifteen an well, hour plus here's tips. The, here's <laughs> some, uh, I got a couple of um, great headlines here, a couple of paragraphs I wanted to read. Not, not too long, but... Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Yahoo News is mostly just aggregated shit from other places, right? New York Times, 
Business Insider, right? Mm-hmm. And I noticed in one day they had two different articles that were basically the same article, um, written by the same author, in fact. And uh, I was like, oh, that's kind of like this. This is her beat, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the first one, uh, a Wisconsin pizza pizza restaurant, pizza pizza restaurant that's been operating for 64 years is closing down due to the labor shortage. Oh, no. The labor shortage, really. Usually when there's so many people who, uh, you know, have a job that they don't want to work for you, that's that's a labor surplus. You have lots of people you could be hiring, but you're just not, right, because right. you don't want to pay them. That's, that's not a labor shortage. That means you're an asshole, right? Right. So a pizza restaurant in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, is closing its doors after 64 years because it is struggling to recruit workers due to the labor shortage. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's it's just this is the, the owner's last name is Lawler. Lawler said finding staff for Red uh, Red Red's Pizza and Catering has proven to be a difficult task in recent years due to the combined effect of the pandemic and labor shortage. In the case of Red's Pizza and Catering, Lawler said he tried adjusting the restaurant's hours. This included closing one day a week to give his workers time off, since most of them worked oh, every weekend. But it wasn't enough to save the restaurant. I, 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 I had this crazy idea that my workers would get one day a week off. <laughs> I don't know why they don't want to come back. Fuck. I did everything. That they, well, you, get, you get Mondays off, guys. We're, we're closing down on Mondays so you can work Friday, Saturday, and Sunday nights. What, 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 where, what do you mean you won't return my text? <laughs> hello? <sighs> hello? Right. I'll turn on the other end. Yeah. So same day, same yeah. day, uh, same author uh, headline, a Florida barbecue restaurant shut down after being left with just four employees. Oh, no. Nobody wants to work here, its owner said. <laughs> Again, from Business Insider. So this this one I this is just I love this. This is okay. Keep in mind a Florida barbecue. <laughs> so already it's like buckle up. Here we go. Right. Bubba Lou's bodacious barbecue. I'll say it again. <laughs> Bubba Lou's bodacious barbecue, which lists three other Orlando area restaurants on its website shut its Winter Park location earlier in September, according to a Facebook post. (laughs) Quote, Business has been off considerably, but the hardest part being the inability to find staff to hire, said Boo McKinnon, the restaurant's owner. Come on. (laughs) There's no way. (laughs) Boo, who owns Bubba Lou's Bodacious Barbecue. It's just like fucking... Kill me. <sighs> Despite paying more than any restaurant I'm aware of, nobody wants to work, McKinnon said in the Facebook post, without saying how much she paid the staff. Oh, weird. When contacted by Business Insider, McKinnon wouldn't say exactly how much staff were paid, but said hourly employees were paid, quote, in double digits. Oh, so ten dollars an hour is is what that means. Because... I guarantee it's not even ten. I guarantee it's like eight fifty an hour with a with a, a a free comped shift meal that they then like tack onto the payroll, right, right, and the, say the... that it's yeah, exactly, exactly. Unreal. So Bubba Lou's said that it would transfer its remaining Winter Park employees to its restaurant in Apopka, 
which I looked up is 20 miles away. So just, oh, we're going to transfer you. You have no agency or decision making in the process. We're just, now you have to drive 20 miles away to go to work. Right. We just decided that if you want to keep working. Which if, if it was on rural roads could take you 40 minutes. Like that's, you know. It's the fucking the suburbs of Orlando could take you an hour and a half. Right. True. With traffic. Driving from one right. suburb to another suburb. So this is, again, from their Facebook post from uh, Boo McKinnon of Bubba Lou's Bodacious Barbecue said, uh, damn you, pandemic and the political machine for making uh, SIC it more appealing to not work than to be an active part of the workforce in our country. It's pathetic and it has disastrous results. It's pathetic. All right. Something's pathetic. Something's pathetic there. So I kind of wondered, like, why this girl from Business Insider, because, I I mean, I looked her up. She looks like she's in her early 20s, you know, staff writer, has to crank out, like, 15 articles a day. Um, Like, is this just all she is assigned to do is just try to make it, like, you know, make it look like we're, you know, just don't want to work for Bubaloo's Barbecue in Orlando. Um, So, actually, another article, same author, same day, this headline. This cafe chain owner who pays $15 an hour says his commitment to treating staff fairly helped him avoid the labor shortage. Oh, weird. (laughs) So again, not really the labor shortage if you look into this. So from this article, Nick Stone told Business Insider that he hasn't experienced many issues bringing back team members and hiring new ones for the chain's 51 locations. He said he recruited 400 new employees since February 2021. Quote, offering a competitive and frankly, a fair hourly wage to our employees helps attract talent and improve retentions, which has a direct positive correlation with business performance. Stone pays his employees $15 an hour nationally and $22 an hour to those living in New York. His success story is similar to that of Michael uh, Lastoria, CEO of restaurant chain and pizza. CEO, I think part of my quote got cut off there. Uh, Lestory told Insider that business was booming and uh, the pizza chain's 51 locations were all fully staffed. He said that the secret was paying his staff a proper wage. Weird. So, it's weird how that it's works. It's just like, like, <laughs> this, this, this is the thing that makes me fucking nuts. And and these people know this deep down. They're, they're, they're in hardcore denial because they like to think that they're good people who provide livings for people when they know that that's not really the case. It, when you, when these people, these fucking bit like boomer business owners were growing up, like most jobs had fucking obviously living wages is one thing. But beyond that, just the idea of like, you know, a company that where you're going to have benefits and a pension and like you won't have to work your entire life. And like the day you stop working, you literally have nothing to show for it. Like that's every job in America now. Like it, every job in America is like, Oh yeah, well we'll pay you like uh, like fifteen, you know, ten fifteen an hour, and then like you know maybe we'll like cover like some of your your monthly health insurance that you get while you're uh, working for us. But then the second you stop working for us, you're going to be a fucking uh, poor person because you 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 have nothing to show for it. Like, and that's I think most of the people, certainly most of the people I know who are in our kind of age range, are in that boat. I'm in that fucking boat. Like the sec I've worked fucking ten years. 11 years at the at where i'm working now for a decent salary but like the second i stop working i have nothing to show for my time there and and everyone i know is in that boat like it's just a miserable fucking existence and people are not willing to uh, 
risk their lives dealing with the, the shithead public on top of everything else in this equation. Like that was the last tipping point where people were just like, no, that's all right. You know what? It, that's, that's a, that's a step too far because it's already just constant boots on your fucking neck. Uh, the, the way our economy is built in this country. Um, and yeah, places like that are going to go out of business because fuck you. Like you don't pay your employees a living wage. You don't give them a part. If you're not going to give them a part of the business. And I know that like people shit their pants when they hear that. But you should absolutely give long-term employees like equity in your business. Like, if well, you they can't afford on... to down in Florida because they've already signed over twenty-five percent of the business to that fucking uh, bar rescue guy, fucking John Taffer. He's got that TV <laughs> right. show where he shows up and a bunch of fucking alcoholics who can't run the bar properly. He like whips them into shape and fucking changes the lighting and the fucking paint on the walls, and suddenly they're making money. And then he just you know disappears off into the fog right right have you ever watched that show before oh no i've watched i i, I yeah. used to watch it pretty often because i you know i watched i like watching trash tv sometimes but oh yeah um, the, the people that work in a bar because they want to get free drinks and right. they, they just like want their friends to hang out with them because they can't make you know social connections any other way right so there's like, hey come on over and have some free drinks and then like suddenly like the place is basically giving away all the profit they made for, to their right. friends and then they're like oh i guess i shouldn't have done that and this asshole shows up and there's no way that like this guy shows up with his tv show and they spend a bunch of money fixing the place and you know re retraining everybody or rehiring people no, without some aesthetics. kind of contract where they have to maintain that level of profit or else he takes over the entire restaurant like that is the arrangement right. of that right. show Right. And he already, you know, just to, to show up, there's already going to be, yeah, I would guess 15 to 25% share that he's getting for them going forward. And, and if they, have, they don't maintain that, then he gets the entire business. That's his business model right there. Um, and he fucking hates the fact that he can't find workers because he's been all over Fox News bitch about how millennials just don't want to work because now they're getting all the, all this money from the government, which isn't true. Isn't no, fucking just, true. This just, just not even fucking true. It's, it's demonstrably false. But um, you know what the funny thing about that show is? Like, I don't know. I've read like articles about how it, very much it's very much the pimp my ride of like the restaurant industry, where like it's all for aesthetics. But then like once the show's over, like uh, there's a funny like Reddit subreddit of like people who are just people who are on pimp my ride sharing their stories, and it's like, oh yeah, well they you know they put like a fish tank in the back of my my fucking you know my civic but then you know they they left like the 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 rotted internals and like the the brake pads that were worn down to the nub and everything like everything they do on that show is for aesthetics and like a lot of people who were like in that article were like oh yeah well you know after the show they yanked out a bunch of the shit that they put in it was just for you know for the tv just, you know recording the aesthetic of trying to light the thing right 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 no so we're taking that they, with they really don't you know it, it's it's there to produce a tv <laughs> they, show it's they put not the panel actually ceiling back in after they had, like you know put in some fucking right which costs more money hardwood. just but it's just like the, the principle of the thing is like we're not gonna <laughs> right it's a fucking film set you, you don't you take it with you, you know? right right you, right you put um, it up in the next place it's, it's, it's hilarious like funny. like how much they you know like shows that had like Star Trek, how often they would have to reuse shit and they would just oh, like yeah. 
flip like re- repaint the the model of the space station and flip it upside down and call it good <laughs> that shit and forever. then people online there's like a 50 page fucking like wikipedia entry on that particular ship and the and like the fucking oh. the lineage of it and it's like oh yeah. my god well the, it's, yeah. and, and then you ask the creators like i don't know we fucking needed a ship so i grabbed this old prop from episode 55 so and take take spray the, painted the, it gold. the lamp from above the transporter <laughs> pad from one show and then put it on the bottom of it for the next show that's how you fucking save money here at paramount right <sighs> right there's so. it, there's a lot of weird shit like that with like the models that they use for the original star wars like the uh because you know like all the star the star fighting scenes all the starships they shot you know with models on like the in like miniature form and they would just glue whatever and like you could see like pieces of other like like you know anachronistic items like glued to the star destroyers and shit if you really like zoom in close on them oh yeah it's yeah. a real funny um and and but again people think it's like super well thought out but it's usually just like ah, <laughs> it's like fuck. just make me five different things and right. i'll pick the one i like the best <laughs> right. that's that's how fucking that's how most made. things may get done in the movie in movies yeah. um and being a director means you pick the best one out right, of the options right. you have that's, there that's, that's the expertise that you have as a director uh yeah that one looks good um all right well uh i i think we pretty much hit what we wanted to hit today um you have you have anything else before we wrap quick well i did want to mention this uh meme we posted we did not create oh, yeah, this right. meme um but it's, it's a riff on the meme of this fucking like really shitty knockoff uh video game from the 80s um called bad dudes and it was like a ripoff of duke nukem i thought and it was duke nukem and then yeah, i realized from that oh, no, post that it wasn't one, yeah, one of the like... million fucking clones of a game right. that was well known and it was a game called bad dudes and in the game bad dudes you're a bad dude that has to go like rescue <laughs> the president or something and like the president was reagan in the game you have to rescue, and... rescue ronald reagan <laughs> Yeah, like I didn't know that part of it, but I learned that from some very angry right wingers <laughs> that uh, apparently the game, you know, is is like a cherished thing to them. But this is like when they have to pretend that Dennis Miller is the funniest stand up comedian in the world because it's the only right. person nominally in that field that agrees with them. So no matter how shitty they are. They have to be like, oh, yeah, they're the best. Like, I can't believe well, it. It's the guys that watch Escape from New York and think it's like a right wing, you know, fuck the government movie when John Carpenter was very it's much a left wing fuck, fuck the government guy. <laughs> exactly. So one of, the, one of the title cards in the game is like, you know, uh, challenging your masculinity to, to fucking play the game. Right. So it's this right. like a guy with fucking aviator glasses and like a World War Two era fucking bomber jacket with like a flat top Arnold Schwarzenegger haircut. And uh, and, and it just says something like, are you a bad enough dude to save the president? Like, whoa, whoa. I, I thought I was a good dude. No, you're are you a bad dude? Because it's the 80s and we've decided the word bad means badass, but we can't say right. badass because it's a kid's game. So somebody made this meme and it was just it's you know it's it's like pretending that there's a dystopia but really the dystopia is like right now uh and it says COVID 19 is ravaging the planet are you a bad enough dude to tell your mother-in-law to shut her dumb ass up with all that anti-vax bullshit <laughs> i mean what the fuck tammy <laughs> and i thought it was clever and That's on our meme. facebook page you know I'll, I'll make memes sometimes sometimes i just fucking redistribute memes from the what memes are for 
Yeah, memes of production. Seize the memes of production, right? And, and I posted that, and it, it kind of took off. Uh, I got, let's see, 781 likes or reactions on it, 222 shares, 170 comments. Uh, and apparently the, the, the right, the anti-mask, anti-vax right found this uh, on Reddit somewhere because they're all like swarming our page now. <laughs> right. And we get... I've been deleting comments just because like the, people are trying to spread uh, fake news about COVID. But then there's like these other hilarious things where I, somebody, somebody commented, this is guys that replying to all the anti-vax comments. And he says, um, everybody's an armchair epidemiologist until they're hooked up to a ventilator. And a guy <laughs> replies to him, I'll take that over bowing down to the powers that be any day. What All right, bro. Fuck? <laughs> you like, you, you'd rather die of COVID than bow down to the powers that, what the fuck does that even mean? And then he says, this guy, this guy isn't even on the right, because he says, what the fuck happened to the left? Y'all went from fight the power to comply or else. Like, what? Who, who told you that getting vaccinated to not die from a virus was... was Look, and this Compliance. is something that, that the fucking anti-vax left needs to understand, too. These these vaccines and this technology, this mRNA technology it's been working on, was developed by fucking scientists. Like, if you're, you know, like, there's one thing about being skeptical of the government, and of course we're skeptical of the government, and uh, talk about it on a near constant basis on this show, but we're not fucking idiots. We're not troglodytes. We don't, we don't disbelieve science. Like, we understand scientific principles and then we understand that when the scientific and medical community in unison is saying hey this fucking thing is going to help that hey you should fucking listen because they know a lot more than you do you fucking morons oh like, it's 95 percent it, it effective that's just what the fucking libs want you to right. think it's don't don't go so dumb so then this somebody somebody fucking posted this as an own and it's it's the soviet hammer and sickle but instead of the uh the hammer it's a syringe that's like dripping <laughs> at the point of it and i was like that look, that's fucking awesome so i made that our twitter abby for not temporary temporary purposes but his his fucking rant here he he posted along with it he says facebook is pushing groups like these apparently referring to us as a group even though we're a page uh facebook is pushing groups like these into the news feeds of conservatives hoping that conservatives will say something that goes against their community standards <laughs> so they can use those same standards in quote air quotes uh against conservatives and place them in facebook jail and or ban them uh this is what you call an obvious setup <laughs> like that's bait uh <laughs> Just like the Justice for January 6th rally. It's a setup, people. Facebook employees <laughs> built this and other groups like it and are using them to piss off conservatives so they can swoop in and ban them. Facebook wants conservatives to see these garbage groups and post comments with cuss words or false information so they can take action against you. That's why the algorithm puts crap like this into our news feeds every single day, all caps. They want me to say something that will give them an excuse to ban my account. So they, they were the, the January 6th insurrection rioters were tricked into going there <laughs> by Facebook. Right. By it's just unbelievable. Oh, God, unbelievable level of conspiracy idiots. theory. So then we get this in our inbox. I'm not going to read all this, but this was 
a very, very angry right wing guy. Uh, not even American, of course. Uh, not American. He's from New Westminster, British Columbia, oh. Canada. Apparently has a very fond affection for the video game Bad Dudes. He sent us a message saying Bad Dudes was a great game and your meme is fucking trash. Please delete it and yourself from existence. I love how he's like like a Canadian, like has to be polite. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> he doesn't say so, that way, but he starts off with the, that oh, Canadian yeah. phone yeah. nicety. He, so I just, I replied, you first, Gus. His name's not Gus. I just like calling people like by a different name. Because right, it, like, it fucks, them. fucks with their head. This guy's name is Dan Seeley. That's D-A-N-S-E-A-L-Y. <laughs> Uh, if you want to go to his Facebook page, you can see a picture of him. Um, looks like he hasn't quite hit puberty yet, but he's playing guitar shirtless, or at least trying to. Uh, so I said, you first, Gus. <laughs> and he replies, and the bad dudes would have kicked you the living shit out of your socialist ass while chanting USA and supporting our right to make our own decisions about medical choices. <laughs> so he's like... He's talking about the video game characters like the real live people. Right. As like as if these weren't the most one like like the, the like even Duke Nukem is like the most one dimensional character. So a fucking knockoff of Duke Nukem somehow is this really yeah, like deep, a rip off deeply a rip off video game characters. character. Yeah. That's just like basically Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. Um and he's like like Im- Im- imbuing them with all this like personality and, <laughs> right. and politics here right. and so I just just to fuck with him because I'm like, does he really like he's clearly identifying he's very, he's genuinely upset by, by us right. slander. So I was like, the bad dudes were communist. Sorry, champ. And then he just loses it. <laughs> he loses it. He says, are you fucking retarded? Did you even play the game? You literally save Ronald Reagan. Then he invites the bad dudes over for a good old American hamburger at the White House. <laughs> just like. No, I didn't, but I really he wish I had now. Like, this game has, sounds some, like... I like he's gotta be like on the spectrum, something. Cause this just makes no sense. So I replied to him, I said, You sound pretty triggered over US politics for a Canadian. Maybe you should stick to worrying about hockey and maple leaves. <laughs> and he says, No, I'm triggered over the good name of the bad dudes being sullied by the likes of you. <laughs> The good name oh of the bad dudes has been sullied, <laughs> and I will not stand for it. Oh, I, I really think we should issue a public apology <laughs> for the, the sullying. Oh my the, god! The so I said, I said to him, the only thing, the only thing sullied here is your fucking diapers, dude. I'm going to read all this on our podcast tomorrow, folks. And Kevin, <laughs> can you come have a good laugh at you trying to play your guitar shirtless? And he says, "Do you think I am afraid of a bully?" I hope they all roast your dumb ass for trying to say the bad dudes were communists. <laughs> like, you got the the bad dudes political affiliation wrong. Ha ha. You didn't even know. Like, why why would anyone even fucking remember that? It's a meme. It's a little fucking it's a fucking meme. That's all anyone remembers, right? Right. So, it, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, he just he goes, oh, wait, 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 one more point here. Um Oh, I said, I, he goes on here for a little bit. And then I said, uh, we, we think it's hilarious. Your butt hurt over a meme. Go get your vax and try to hit puberty. <laughs> and he says, no, 
It's just like a single, single by itself just says no. I'm sure he stood up and gave a dramatic reading of that too. Yeah. He said, like he then thought he, that was then he says, he says, I'm healthy. I already got over COVID. <laughs> of course. Of course fail. he got COVID. Of, of course, course he, he got, got COVID. COVID. And because he didn't die from it, he's convinced that you know no one needs to get vaccinated. He says, why would I want to take some shitty vaccine that won't have a chance of keeping up with the mutating variants. It's like, yeah, you know why it's not keeping up with that? Because fucking idiots like you aren't won't taking wear your it. masks and won't take a vaccine. Right. So yeah, just, just the dumbest fucking little Canadian. And I'm sure he's from the U S originally. Cause he's got a fucking oh, for sure. boner for a video game that probably he, he lived he in Detroit like, or Flint or something. And he, you know, moved across the border and then, Right, he looks like he was all like negative fifteen years old when that game came out. Anyway, so it's just right. bizarre that somebody who's fucking young would be like just rabidly like you sullied the good name of the bad dudes. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Stolen valor. Unreal. Unfucking real. Well, on that note, um... <laughs> I can close this fucking tab finally and never think about him ever again. <laughs> well, hopefully, you're bad enough, dudes, to uh, listen to us again next week. <laughs> when we talk about some more shit uh if you want to help the show though uh rate and view and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts uh follow us on soundcloud soundcloud.com slash move left facebook.com slash move left idiots if you want to go yell at us about mischaracterizing your favorite knockoff 80s video game <laughs> um <laughs> uh patreon you got that much time on your hands at least direct that hatred towards us we appreciate yeah no we, we the, do we uh, do appreciate our algorithm for it yep for sure um we always appreciate the engagement so uh patreon.com slash move left i am on twitter at move underscore left oh sorry i was back on twitter reading things uh <laughs> i'm on twitter uh at bike slutty yeah, yeah. we'll see you next week <laughs>